we're we're on. Uh, here we are. We I think we're we're episode two hundred and thirty-three. We uh, are told by our producer. Uh, no, 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 Josh today. He was fortunately <laughs> um, taken hostage at the Amex and and forced to witness brutality uh, on the pitch. Uh, Craig is out too. So God knows what's going to happen with this. It's just <laughs> been, uh, well, the fact that it's even possibly being heard by people is a miracle in and of itself. I mean, it's good news and bad news, isn't it? It's good news that it might be a good one. Bad news is it might be the last one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go out on a semi-high. Uh, so I suppose we're going to do things a little bit differently today, aren't we? Because you were you were in Amsterdam. Yeah. And for, for, for all intents and purposes, an historic night for for a Brighton. Um, arguably one of, if not the most monumental victories in club history. Um, and then, of course, we flash forward to today and we're recording you know, an hour or so after the game against Sheffield. Uh, and we go from the sublime to the ridiculous and the, the, the Jekyll and Hyde comes out, doesn't it? So we're going to spend 45 seconds talking about the travesty today. And then, uh, Robin, frankly, I, I want to shut I just want to basically hear about everything. I want to hear... I want to hear how you got there, travel, the t- the vibes, the town, the chaos, and then we'll, we'll talk about the game, obviously, as well. But um, yeah. that's what we're going to do. Um, okay, let's talk about today. Uh, I guess we'll start very quickly, and we don't need to run through the specifics, but the squad was we had to change because we picked up a bunch of injuries in Amsterdam. It was a, it was a weird lineup, but frankly, we couldn't really do much, could we? No, it could, I mean, it was as predicted. I thought he might have gone... I thought, to be honest, I thought Veltman might play, but obviously Veltman was clearly knackered from the other day. So, yeah, and I mean, it was as good a lineup as we could have hoped, really. Uh, uh, Billy Gilmore back in, Adingra just being like a metronome, seemingly, and being able to play all the time. So I had no, had no, no qualms with the with the lineup. Yeah, and this is, it's gonna. I, I, pr- I promise you this this podcast is going to turn into positivity central we're gonna we're gonna wax lyrical about everything earlier on this week but let's call a spade a spade um this was a horrendous uh, outcome today this was a Sheffield United side that had picked up four points on the season so far they hadn't picked up a single point away from home we already played Luton at home first day of the season if you can remember that far back this is statistically, Outside of Burnley, your easiest game of the entire season that you have remaining. Um, and we flubbed it. But if we take the positive, let's talk about the goal. Because yeah. the Adingra ran the Buenanote touch pass. Uh, what did you think of that? I mean, it, it's like it's Stoke City. <laughs> it's Chiedo vibes, isn't it? Mm. It's like the first year in the Premier League. That you know, oh. that kind of five ten parts goal where they, it was like looked like Barcelona. Back when Izquierdo was going to be the next big thing, and then unfortunately then injury took its toll. Yeah, but I mean, great goal, I mean, really, really good goal. And you think at that point, you think it's our per- as well as being. I agree with you on paper. You know, it's one of our easiest home games. You go, you add on top of that an early goal, and you think, right, here, you know, this is it. Let's go in a cruise. Yeah, their game plans out the window because they can't sit back, you know, for an hour. And try and hit us on the counter attack. You go. This is going to be it. Early goal. Jobs are good, and here we go. Um, and we just seem to take our foot off the gas for like the last 15, 20 minutes of the, of the first half. Um, and 
you know, the red card changes it. Before the red card, I didn't necessarily see them. I know we joked in our <laughs> we joked in the group about fifteen or twenty minutes into the second half, going, "This is going to end one-one, isn't it?" Um, but up until the red card, I didn't necessarily seriously think that they were gonna they were gonna they were gonna do that. So I think up till then they had one they had one shot on target by the time the red card came, and then you know. We just seemingly forgot how to defend with 10 men for the first 10 or 15 minutes after that. And by that stage, you know, we're backpedaling. It was, a, we, we, we lost our heads. Um, yeah, no, we did. Completely. And I mean, I think I'm looking at all of our, I know this has been discussed extensively at this particular point and how we've now tied a record, I believe, with the Liverpool side from the 60s of basically being the first team to, score but also not keep a clean sheet for a, a gazillion games in the Premier League <laughs> um we've now not I mean we, ju- we just haven't we, we haven't only, had one all season have we Premier League clean sheet well our only clean sheet this season was this week right well two against Ajax back to back yeah it's just yeah. the Ajax but the Ajax yeah, has it. been our our panacea yeah. um that's it uh, I don't know when our last Premier League clean sheet was I, I, do, 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 do the history books go that far back? Um, <laughs> what roll somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's tragic to think about the fact that basically, if we if if we concede, um, we're completely done for. Basically, no, we are, uh, and, and that's unless we come out and, yeah. and do our thing where we score a boatload. We don't. We we've not won a single game one nil. That's that's. Ridiculous. That is a problem. It is a problem. I'm trying to look. I'm just. I'm just trying to find out when our last Premier League clean sheet was. While you do that, because it might take you a good time to go back <laughs> through the, those, uh, we have not scored more than a goal in the game in the league uh, since Liverpool at home on the eighth of October. So it's been over a month. Uh, we only scored one against City, one against Fulham, one against Everton, one against Sheffield United. And and this is a Brighton team who, let's face it, the first part of the season and the tail end of last season, we were completely free scoring. Um, that's, a, that's a worry. Um, our is form a is in a bad spot. It is in a bad spot. And I think we were sort of accepting of not really being able to defend when it was countered by being able to score. Yes. Multiple times at the other end, which is kind of, you know, the fabled what we were promised under De Zerbe, But it it is very fickle because if one bit start, stops working, <laughs> then you're in a bit of problems. Fairly yeah. Quick. Well, um, and let's let's throw out a bit of defence here, which is ironic, considering it doesn't seem like we can as a club. Is there are, we are suffering from injuries in a big way. And I think we we all talked at the start of the season. You'd never be a genius to, to think about this. If we've got a fairly light squad, um, especially in certain areas, and if we are hit by an injury crisis of sorts, we will suffer. Um, now, should the team that you put out today has still beaten Sheffield United at home? Yes, yeah. of course. Um, but if you looked at the shots that you had panning, panning all the guys sat in and around the bench that weren't subs, you were like, bloody hell, that's a bit of an all-star team just sat there in their their trackies yeah it is i mean you look at the players that we had out i mean you can put you can probably put a decent 11 out can't you really 
Yeah, you can. Um, I mean, if and- you go if you go sort of defensively, I mean, like Lamptey's out, Dunk was out, Velt Purvis was playing, um, Purvis was out in midfield. Obviously, um, Milner's out as a midfielder, I guess. Um, but you know, you then got no Welbeck, no Ferguson, no March, no Ciso. Ciso, um which is, you know, that is a pretty, that is a pretty, uh, a pretty large chunk of our attacking talent just sitting there. Yeah, and I think Deserby's been talking about this a lot, hasn't he? And I hope that I don't feel like I've ever said this, but thank God there's an international break. No, right now we, need- <laughs> um, we really need it, and and it's tricky because it doesn't get easier from here. Like this was our easy run. This yeah. was the bit where you were like, okay, let's 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 get back in it. We need like seven, it we needed really like we were thinking seven or nine points from Fulham. Everton. That's correct. We said that on a previous pod. Yeah, um, and we <laughs> we did not. Uh, the I think what's weird, by the way, if you haven't, um, go on YouTube and look at Tifo Football's video they did earlier this week. Um, it was it's a bit of a provocative title as things always are nowadays but it was like have brighton been found out and they went into great detail on all the specifics around tactics and how we're playing at the moment to to what to answer that question um and spoiler review no the, the answer was maybe a little bit but it's a combination of a multitude of things but one of the bigger things is around this aspect of the fact that we're scoring at different times nowadays we're scoring a lot of our goals in the second half of games. We're conceding a ridiculous amount of our goals in the first 20 minutes of games. And I think, again, you don't need to be a stat nerd to figure that out. You can you just see that. Um, and that was very different from last season. And I think you've seen that, though, with the Fulham game, the Everton game. Today was the weird one, right? And you said it. Yeah. You score that first goal. I, I felt the same because based on all of that data, if we score first in a game, at home against weaker opposition. Yeah, well, normally that's it. You're home it's a guarantee. Home. Yeah. Yeah. The, w- let's talk about the Dahoud thing really quickly, uh, and then we'll move on. W- what was what was your thoughts? Was that a sending off? I mean, it's one of those ones where I don't think there was... I don't think it was, I don't think it was anything malicious. I think he's more trying to shield... It looks like he's trying to shield the ball. Um, he has caught him. He has raked his studs down him. Um but it is one of those classic ones where we've seen it given today and you've seen a Fabinho-style one not given mm-hmm. last year. And it really, you know, it, de- it it depends whether, you know, challenges like that that are purely accidental, but actually, you know, he has rate to stud. So I come back to what I normally do, which is, you know, if it was an opposition player, would I be screaming for a red card? And the answer is probably yes. So mm-hmm. on balance, it is probably a red card. It's an unfortunate one. So I don't think he was no intent there. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's an unfortunate red card. And, and that's just that's why you have to, based on everything we've seen this season, this club, we have to score two goals. That's it. You have to score two goals. And when you don't, you leave it open to chance and you leave it open to things like this that can happen. You leave it open to a corner that's just bombed in or something happens, Steele puts a silly pass out and they just get in. Like you have to score two because the other team is guaranteed to go. 
uh, yeah. unless they're called Ajax. But I think it's also, it's a, and you build on top of that, which is you've got makeshift defence as well. Yes. So even, you know, we struggle in that, even when you've got Dunk playing and you've got, you know, in inverted commas, a first choice defence out, we still struggle in those situations. So when you compound that with, you go no Dunk, and then you're basically patching together a back four that hasn't, well, back three, that hasn't really played together in the Premier League. You're asking for trouble. We saw that a couple of times as well, didn't we, where there was um, a bit of confusion when it came to playing the ball out. There was a bit where Steele came running out to the left-hand side. I think it, maybe it was Igor or someone else, and they, they didn't know who was meant to get it. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's, but that's, that's what happens with injuries. Let's, let's just have one little nod here, because you and I talked about this uh, offline as well. Adam Webster. What has happened to Adam Webster? I think undoubtedly he's suffering from being very much a bit part player. And he's stuck in a bit of a cycle now mm. where he's not playing a lot of games. He's seemingly very much fourth choice behind Dunk, Van Hecker and arguably Igor now, if you look at Amsterdam the other night. I think Igor's been fantastic every time he's played. been brilliant. So he's now fourth choice. So he's now stuck in this cycle where he's really not going to get that much football. And then when he does play, he's going to be under the spotlight. And therefore, we know he's one of those players who he doesn't always, you know, when the pressure is on and eyes are on him, he is prone to a bit of a a bit of a gaff here and there. So I think it's unfortunate that he's now just going to be in this self, this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. Where we saw this a bit with Shane Duffy, didn't we, towards yeah. the tail end of his Albion career? Same thing. Which is unfortunate because, like, you know, when he was playing really well, it was when he was playing a lot of games and being very consistent. So he's now just in this, in this unfortunate space where, you know, I don't necessarily see it getting getting a whole lot better for him when you look yeah, at Yeah, he needs a run, doesn't he? But it's also, it's, what, what, does that, what does that cost you as well? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you think, I say, you know, Van Heck has been brilliant the other night. He was outstanding. Igor. Again, when he's come in, has looked brilliant. You know, Dunk has, you know, whilst Dunk hasn't had his, you know, ironically hasn't had one of his best seasons, but is now firmly in the England squad, <laughs> despite yeah, so much being good. I don't see a route. I know I don't see a route back in for him. Um, and you know, it's just unfortunate that he gets the own goal, which you know just compounds, you know, compounds it. Um, let's leave this game. Let's let's just last thing. What about the handball? Take it out back and shoot it. Um, or not, you know, the handball that wasn't. Uh, I thought it was a handball. I thought it was a handball. Um, his arm was out too far for it to be one of those things that it's like in a natural position for me. I agree with you. It's it's also another one where you just go. It's a, it's another indictment that no one really seems to know what the what the law is. No. Nah. And they didn't even have the ref check it, did they? It was just straight off. Didn't seem to. Like, oh no, that's fine. Um, they spent longer. They spent longer on that VAR check for for our foul towards the end. It was like clearly outside the box. Yes, <laughs> anyone could see that wasn't in the box. Yeah, just give the free kick and, and move spent on. About, spent about two minutes checking it. Um, yeah, which really bizarre. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Let's let's kick this game into the bin and never talk yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. And when you're relying on you know hope, hopefully getting a, a penalty against Sheffield United to get three points at home, it's um. The game's already gone as is. Uh, I can't even be bothered to talk about man of the match. I think if we, if we want to take any positives out of that, that is the fact that 
we saw a sparkling Simon Odinga for a lot of the game, not not just on on uh, the left-hand side where he played the majority of the first half. And obviously when Matoma came on, he went back on the right. I really enjoyed seeing him being able to take it down the left and cut in, which is where he played the whole season uh, for USG uh, and, and was outstanding. And of course, Matoma, he's got to play second fiddle to Matoma, but... Uh, we, we saw what he's capable of. And Buenanote played himself a decent 45 minutes as well. Yeah. I think if he hadn't got that yellow card, he might not have been hooked so early. But it was a, great, I mean, had to, it was a tactical foul. Just had to take it, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess a shout-out for... Um, Jao Pedro's hold-up play is really good. Oh, it is insane. Um, it is absolutely insane. Really very good. Um, all right, let's transition over. Let's talk about it. And for the people that had zoned out for the first part of this podcast because you didn't want to fall into a deep depression, <laughs> th- this is now where we, we we bring ourselves out of it. Um, you went to Amsterdam. We have turned this whole group around. Prior to this particular game, we were still in this area where we're like, oh God, we might just we might just completely crash out of Europe, and that's that. We, we go up against a a side that is just a juggernaut, let's face it. Now, they are not doing well at the moment. We know that. We just played them at home. They weren't particularly great. But it's a different... You go to Amsterdam on a weeknight and you play against Ajax. That's a big deal. Um, it's, was it's, this one of the best nights of your life? 100%. Like, it's beyond, beyond getting married and my kids being born. This is up there. It, it, it might even get to two as well, it, you know. It's, it might, it's, it's in the top three and it's not third. I, it's, it's, I mean, you're right. I mean, if you look at this, you go as a, you know, as an institution, Ajax, you know, as a European football institution or a world football institution, they're up there. I mean, you think of the players that they've produced over the years. They've, they've created a, a large swathe of the greats of, of football. Yeah. And they've created, you know, entire ta- you know, entire approaches to how teams play football. Yeah. Not just Ajax teams, you know, Barcelona. You know, basically Johan Cruyff built Barcelona on what, you know, on on Ajax. Barcelona was about fifty percent Dutch for about twenty, thirty yeah. years. Um I mean, I think pretty much basically. the vast majority of the Netherlands team played for Barcelona at one point. Yeah. So this is a team and it's so I call that they are an institution that is basically they're effectively like the grandfather of world football. Yeah, if you want to put it like that. Well, I think that's a nice way of putting it. Well, and so well, let's let's start from the top. I don't even want to talk about the game. Yeah, mm. uh, tell us because we've obviously got a lot of listeners. We've got a lot of listeners that go to the games, um, but we've also got a lot of listeners that are too far away and sat in somewhere in North America, like I am, or further afield, or they're expats or whatever it is, um, or some that just weren't able to get tickets. Tell us about like the the travel, the excitement, the build up. How did it all go down? Um, I mean, I flew in on the day of the game. I got a six a.m. flight out of Newcastle, um, which involved getting a taxi from my house at three a.m. Um, and I did that classic thing. It's normally when you go on holiday, right? That's you know, you think, yeah, I'm going to go to bed early, whatever it is. I got into bed about ten o'clock, and I was like. I was just wide awake. Yeah. Like within, within about 20 minutes. It's like Christmas. Basically with every Christmas Eve rolled into one. And I was sitting there, just lying in bed going for 20, you know, 20 minutes just with my eyes closed, but just fully knowing, just going, this is a pointless exercise because I ain't going to bed. So basically I was eventually, I was like, I don't want to wake everybody else up. 
So I was essentially like a small child sitting by the front door on my suitcase, basically <laughs> just, wait, just waiting for it to be like three o'clock so the taxi could get there. Um, and yeah, met up with a, a friend of mine who lives in Newcastle as well. Um, had the obligatory airport beer. Like yeah, yeah, as you do. 4.15 4. or whatever it was. It's basically um, still, still like a night out at that point, really. Yeah, and it, I have to say, I mean, this is, this is very specific. But I have to say, I wandered into Newcastle Airport and it was, I was not expecting it to be busy. Um, but it was almost it was like an, it was like peak summer holidays in there. Like genuinely, that was the it, you know people going off all over the place. But anyway, so yeah, got the six a.m. flight. Um, had a few other Albion fans on it actually as well. It was always a surprise. Um, but yeah, I was actually into the centre of Amsterdam by nine o'clock. Wasn't too bad. Jesus, um, yeah, okay. Which was yeah, it was a bit bizarre. Um, and yeah, immediately. Um, saw just Brighton fans everywhere just really bizarre you know just either people in the station just wandering down the street um and it was just immediately just you think I can't quite get my head around why I'm somewhere where I'd normally go for like a city break yeah and you're just seeing it was weird it's like I kept seeing like the same like the same kind of faces that you'd have seen at like Carlisle away like 15 years ago and you kept just catching the like catching the eye of people going, this is mental. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Like everywhere. Um, yeah, then this when I went to Marseille, I had I was in a real rush, like travel delays, got to Marseille with not that much time. So this time I managed to like find where the ticket place was, get a ticket fairly early on. So I had my ticket by about 10 o'clock and I thought, mm, what next? Met up with the rest of our group and yeah, pubs in pubs in Amsterdam don't open till midday. What, and what hold on what was how how many were you running how 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 big a group were you oh like our overall group was about a dozen or so great um yeah which was good it's good fun and they say again it's people that either i sit with at the amex or i've been going you know it's away games with for a long time um so yeah we all had tickets and then that's the immediate you know once you've got that ticket in your hand part of this you go there's no stress now like, i don't have to worry yeah but then the other stress is you go i've now got about seven or eight hours until kickoff. <laughs> I don't, I'm got, I don't want to lose this ticket. Yeah. Um, if they keep going, we're not replacing tickets, like, you know, all of that stuff. Oh, gosh. Right. Um, so anyway, you're, it's like a blessing and a curse. So, yeah, I had, had a couple of hours until the until the pubs opened. Um, so it was also apparently the only morning of the week where it hadn't been pouring with rain. Um, so we went on a river cruise. Which was absolutely lovely. A oh, river story. cruise. Yeah, I've, I've done one of those in Amsterdam. They're, they're pleasant, aren't they? Very pleasant, and uh, they were also selling beer, which was good. So, um, but amongst other accoutrements, one would yeah, imagine. Yeah, so had this yeah. little river cruise going around, which is no, there was nobody else on it really, other than our our group of you know of twelve or so sitting there, um, which is very nice. Had an hour long cruise around, and he kept um, you know kept going past other other boats which were also full of Brighton fans doing exactly the same thing just trying to trying to kill a bit of time um and well, yeah hold, got... let me let me ask you quickly because you were in Marseille as you mentioned yeah uh, and any away game that you go to see Brighton playing Europe is going to be uh magical right but there must be something nice where Marseille was weird right their fans are dickheads oh totally that, weird. that you yeah, were all it's... pending the police yeah. presence was big Amsterdam's just a joyous place to be. Easy. Yeah, free and easy. I mean, I'll come on to it in a bit, but the IX fans in general were brilliant. Every all the locals were absolutely sound. Um, and it was totally free. 
I didn't, I did not see the entire trip. I didn't see one policeman or policewoman. Really? The whole trip. Barely saw any stewards. I'll get to when we get to the game. Barely any stewards at the game, but just didn't need to be. I mean, like, you know, it's also a city which is very, very used to having large groups of tourists, you know, pitching on up a, the bag, on a big you know, one. Basically, yeah. So yeah. it's not something that they tend to be that fussed about. Um, but yeah, it was great. And also, I suppose the added bonus here is that you had an awful lot of fans coming over without tickets as well, which obviously I think I don't think anyone would have gone to Marseille without a ticket. Right. Like you just that it, it, there'd been no point. So, I mean, I think it's talking to the only odd thing. It's not odd, but in Amsterdam, they have like the, they have people dotted around who are like who work for the city council, I guess, effectively, who are like, you know, just there to help you if you go, how do I find, you know, wherever. Yeah. Talking to one of them, they they were sort of talking up and they reckoned, I was talking to one the day after the game, they reckoned about the general vibe is about six, six and a half thousand had travelled. And we had 2,600 tickets. So you had, you know, more people went without a ticket. Jesus. Um, which was, it's a really good effort. Um, and, you know, there was no, I've seen one video of a bit of trouble on the Met, of literally one isolated incident on the Metro with some IX um, ultras, um, you know, a few Brighton fans getting in a bit of trouble. But beyond that, I saw absolutely Yeah, it, the, the 95% was, yeah, or more which was is just absolutely, great. you know, which is great. And, you know, hats off to, you know, to everyone who travelled because basically they were just wanting to have, have a beer, have a good time. And, you know, just enjoy what is a historic moment. And, you know, it may well prove to be, as good as it ever gets and you know i'd be quite happy with that to be to be quite honest um, yeah well and it's it, well we'll talk about the following fixtures to come but i think that the next one's going to be exceedingly tricky but you, you can't argue with the position that the the, the team has put themselves in no, now it's brilliant um, let, but, let's talk about the game yeah uh line up so i would imagine you were either how early did you get to the stadium when you saw the lineups? Were you in there or are you still loitering? No, in the bar? still trying to get there. So we got the Metro. So what was it? It was a 6.45 kickoff local time. So we got onto the Metro about half past four, mainly because it had started absolutely hosing it down, like yeah. biblical amounts of rain. They just thought the only place I want to be is in the Metro. Um, so yeah, piled onto the Metro about half four was seemingly every other Brighton fan that was going to the game at that point. And you just had, you were literally crammed in to this Metro with essentially about 3,000 Brighton fans who'd all been on the piss for about 15 hours at this point. Um, with you know, Full small, of voice, I would assume. Full of voice and, you know, small amounts of poor Dutch commuters just trying to get home. Yeah, um, God bless as, you. Know, as 3,000 Brighton fans are singing about Michel Pipers being a former Dutch Marine. Um which is just, it's just bonkers. Um, everyone was in very good voice. And, you know, I thought it was one of those things where you talked about obviously very difficult to get tickets um, for this one. And it was one of those things where an awful, you know, basically a large number of people that had no tickets are the people that have been going for the last 15, 20, 25 years right. away from home. That so was nice that they were kind of almost... The, the Albion repertoire, orchestral repertoire at this point brought out all of these songs that you've not heard for like, you know, because it's only got like a 20 or 25 minute metro journey. Yeah. Just kind of rolling through these. The, the so greatest hits like, came uh, out. 
basically yeah, it was like yeah. here's when you go to a gig and you just get the greatest hits coming out and that, that was the kind of it really brought it home that you're in this it was just completely like the it was completely bonkers to be in this particular situation you know you get some you're what you're listening like down the carriage and you hear something about like gary hart floating you know floating down the, and you think like what what is going on um and that's what i mean everyone was just you know in in such good spirits um the only slightly irritating thing was that you get out of the metro um and they were quite uh you know it was absolutely pissing with rain like at this point like just never seen rain like it um and we had to stand in a queue like no cover or anything you're literally just out in the rain waiting to go through like the where they pat you down and you know yeah that was slightly irritating because that took like 15 or 20 minutes just literally standing in the in this biblical rain so you you Um, turn up like a bunch of like soaking wet dogs yeah and you know there was i think people have probably seen it on north stand chat about the guy that went into the canal thinking it was a road as well which is absolutely brilliant (laughs) um and you know it's it's it happens you know it happens but um finally getting through there um having you know being absolutely soaked and then being greeted with for those that have been to newcastle away um greeted with something that was seemingly more steps to get up to the away end than it was the newcastle one it was it was brutal um but yeah in there saw the lineup was very happy really i mean well, and knew- let's let's bring that lineup up for those that don't remember it and have a memory like mine uh it was jao pedro was leading the line uh, yeah. and we had matoma fatia dingra behind him gross yeah. and dahoud uh, and then veltman dunk van hecker and milner yeah um there wasn't a ton more that we could do there we, we, no the, it was the good I mean, news yeah. was that with purvis was um uh back and was on the bench yeah and um yeah i mean like you say i looked at and thought milner at fullback and then i was just like actually there's no beyond putting gross there um or eagle i i probably would have gone for eagle and he had his best performance of the season against ix at home as well didn't he james which isn't saying much one and you know you could argue whether gilmore instead of dahoud might have been the only other the only other spot up for debate but no it was it was um it was a good good lineup and then on the flip side conversely their best player from the first game who was their right back was on the bench for them Souza which was a bit of a surprise yeah uh, and he and he ended well. up coming on the second half didn't he but yeah I, I, I want to mention late by then quickly because you brought him up and I don't I, I don't know why I want to go off on this small tangent here but I do want to talk about Billy Gilmore because we we moaned about. The, our Premier League form, understandably, we're now talking about the positives that have come out facing you know two games against Ajax, where they've they've been fantastic wins. Uh, Billy Gilmore for me is showing signs of becoming a, an incredibly important player in this in this in this team. Um, I don't know every every time I watch him, uh, I, I'm astounded by how well he brings a ball under control how well he's able to basically trick the players around him on the opposition team to open up passing lanes for him. And he always seems like he has a pass before he receives the ball. Mm. Um, And we've seen as well, his passing repertoire is expansive. Like he can pick out any player, any ball. 
and I, I, I don't want to, I know this is going to be ridiculous, taken out of context. It's going to be silly to say this, but he honestly reminds me in some aspects, don't laugh at this. He reminds me of, if Xavi, uh, uh, back in the day, same assets that Xavi had that made him a good player. Wasn't particularly fast. Wasn't particularly strong. Wasn't particularly good at tracking back and tackling, but you got him the ball and he always knew where the pass was. He never lost the ball because he always understood when he was inviting pressure along. Um, and he, uh, we don't have to talk about Xavi, Xavi arguably one of the best passers in history of football. Um, are you as pumped about Billy Gilmore as I am? I am. And I think the good thing about it is that he's not one of those people who just wants to rack up passing numbers for the stats. Yeah. Like More often than not, his passes will be very progressive. As you say, he's got a particular range of passes. So he's, he's equally good at you know a short pass in the right channel to unlock the defence as he is you know switching the play. I think he's, he's unbelievably intelligent. You're right. He knows... He's kind of like he knows he's like a chess, like you can see two or three moves ahead. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm really enthusiastic about him. Um and well, you know, his shot is I mean he hasn't, you know, he hasn't I don't think he scored for us yet. Or he may only scored great one, shot in really yeah, today had a get really a hold good of it. Yeah. And what I think we talked about a few weeks ago, I had a similar shot at home. Is it in the Liverpool mm-hmm. game? I think he had I feel like he has scored one from a, a rifle might at some done. point, he didn't he? Has. Um I know he scored for Scotland in the last international break, didn't he? Um, but either way, he's he also did. Back with Locker. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about it. And, you know, he's still only, what, 22, 23 as well? Yeah, he's very young. Maybe he hasn't scored for us. For some reason, I just, I, I thought he had. Um, but yeah, no, and he's young. And I think he's, it's almost like him and him and Dehoud are fairly similar in some regards. Both, both players that, um, were at very, very big clubs, um, were thought of as becoming uh, very important players and co- their careers both took a collective turn for the worse. Uh, and they found themselves at Brighton. I know Dehoud is not going to be a popular person to talk about at the moment after the red card today. But before that red card, he's been picking out some stunning passes. Oh. Um, and between both of them, the, the, it's it's pretty nice to look at. I think we'll come on to one of his passes when we talk about Yes, that. we um, will. Yeah, uh, let's was, let's get we'll get back to that. Maybe we should get back to Ajax. But yeah, it was, um, I say it was bizarre, and you know, once you finally climb up to this, you know, climb up to the top. Um, unlike many away grounds, very very nice concourse in there. Plenty of bars open, pre poured beers, all ready to go. Um, just very welcoming. And I'm assuming that the, the, you get the the good Heineken, um, because yeah, it seemed like it. It did yeah. seem like it. I'll be cards on the table at that point. You know, it didn't volume, matter. Yeah, the volume that had been consumed by that point, it, you know, it could have been straight out of the canal. Um, <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, we'll, we'll take a brief interlude and and we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about how for the the twenty three twenty four season together BHA sponsored by Green King Sport, uh, where football is quote more than a game. Green King Sports venues are showing every televised Brighton fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get close to the action where I would assume they are serving the best Heineken possible and, and, and no canal water, um, as aforementioned. Uh, this season, Green King have launched Green King Sport Instagram page, which is going to be home to fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. They've already given away Champions League final tickets and signed shirts, so you do not want to miss out. Drop them a follow on Instagram and you won't just be the first to know about all this. You'll be helping to get a BHA out, which, you know, we're, we're fairly nice guys all said and done. Uh, so that'd be great. Um, all right. 
back to this. We talked about yeah. beers. You're in the stadium. You're soaked. You've gone up a, a, a fifteen thousand flights of stairs. You've yeah. got a, your forty fifth beer in. Yeah, we're sitting down. We're happy. The atmosphere. I mean, it's funny because someone asked me to kind of sum up, having been to Marseille and having done this, to kind of sum up what it was like. Um, and Marseille, and I talked about it after Marseille. Like, I'm I'm comfortable that I will never go to a football match ever again that had an atmosphere like Marseille like I'm just really yeah like my ears were ringing for days after that it was that loud um and it was just visceral and it was just non-stop hostile just off the charts yeah atmosphere wise um this atmosphere was disappointing like the way I'd sum it up is that like as an atmosphere, Marseille was 10 out of 10. As a day, like, you take into account everything, Marseille is like a 2 out of 10, you know, mm. with all the hassle and that. Ajax is the reverse. The atmosphere is a 2 out of 10. The day, the occasions are 10 out of 10. Like, Ajax fans heard, no, you know, I don't know whether it's just the fact that, they, you know, they've been a bit rubbish this season. Um, oh, well, and let's, let's be clear there. When you say a bit rubbish, this is probably... What their worst uh, season ever, maybe. Ever. At this point. Yes. So you would imagine they're a little bit muted. They're a little bit miffed about what's going on. Um, but yeah, so atmosphere wise, there was no real, there's no real needle um, to it. I mean, Albion fans were in, were in pretty good voice. Um, I don't know whether it was just the fact that you know, it, was, it, was, it was quite, it was the end of a pretty long day for a lot of people, not the end of, um, but you know, it'd been a pretty long day. But yeah, atmosphere wise, it was. It was more just, yeah, Brighton fans having a good time. Not much from Ajax. They had a little light show before the before the uh, before the game started. That was nice. The roof was closed as well, which was obviously lovely given you know the weather outside. Yes, um, and I was a bit confused. I was thinking, I was a bit, I wasn't, I wasn't clear on what the rules were in terms of you know having roofs closed because I'd never been to a game you know with with the roof closed, so I wasn't really clear like whether you know what the rules were around it but apparently it's because when brighton trained in there the night before because it was chucking it down with rain on the wednesday night they had the roof closed and apparently they then have to have the same conditions in the match that brighton had when they trained in the ground what hold me so you sure someone's not just well, i don't know potentially your but chain. i don't know but it's, I, it's it's bizarre because you think you know, how many other games are, like, you think if you've got two, it's, you know, it's sort of akin to this VAR thing, right? You know, when you have, like, VAR in operation, like, you take, like, FA Cup third round. Like, if you're a Premier League team and you're at home, this is a tortured point, but stay with me. Um, <laughs> if you're a Premier League team at home, right, and you draw Grimsby, right, you're going to have VAR in operation. If, if you draw Grimsby away, you're not having VAR. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So this is, like, you're going to have games. You could have another game in the group where it's absolutely chucking it, chucking it down. They've got no roof on their ground, so that has an impact on the game, right? Yeah, like that becomes a big factor. Whereas here, they can just whack a roof on away you go. So to me, it's one of the things we go. Does it? You know, not every team has a roof, so it does. You know, you're 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 automatically creating diff, not necessarily an advantage, but it's not a you know, it's not a fair, well, not a, an equal playing field. Anyway, they have the roof on, which uh, made it. Which roof is, is on. And, and frankly, there was no thought of blowing the roof out 
for the first few minutes, quite honestly, because no. as usual, we would uh, we were pretty we were on the back foot for a, we were we couldn't seem to hold yeah. couldn't seem to really hang on to the ball very much, um, and they were they weren't really doing much with it, but they were on that they were kind of on top. They looked like if one you know if anyone was going to score, um, you know they would have done, and then we were gifted. I felt really even you know even in that environment even in that game after all the beers consumed the whole atmosphere everything about the day i just felt really sorry for that 18 year old kid yeah it's it, from a humanitarian standpoint it's, go, it's pretty bleak. and i know people are probably thinking that's an unusual point for us to make given our normal bravado about stuff but even you know if he gives the ball away um to a dingra was it it was to Adingra who Adingra then who played Fatty in. Yeah, and it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's Fatty does what we've got used to Fatty doing, which is just, you know, dispatching goals without really even thinking about it. Um, it's almost like he's come from Barcelona with a massive... Yeah, it's, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, weird, isn't it? It it's is really odd. Uh, um, it's almost like he's been doing this in the Champions League since he was like 16. Well, I, you know, what? I, I felt it was um, a professional finish. Very oh, professional. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was if it looked really easy for him, didn't it? Yeah, and he just kind of it was a really good touch, obviously, to take it away from the defender, go the other way, and just pop in the bottom corner. But um, you know, even after the celebration, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I just I literally turned to one of the great and I was just like, I feel really bad for that for that kid. You know, like I don't know if it was his debut or you know, but there's an 18 year old, you know, playing for Ajax as we talked about. You know, some of the big names that have played for them. You know, you just you don't want that. Um, you know, you don't want that for an 18-year-old kid. At the same um, time, I'll take the goal. Uh, absolute, bedlam. absolute bedlam. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, just like uh, added to the fact, you know, it's going to be a controversial topic, but, you know, beers getting chucked absolutely everywhere, um, which is, it is annoying because you get soaked in beer. Um, and for Ajax fans in the tier below, I'd imagine even more annoying as <laughs> several thousand euros worth of beer just comes hurt. But for for our American listeners, where if you're in a if you're in a stadium watching a game, you're playing you're paying fifteen to twenty dollars for the most part for a crap beer. These were more. Um, well, better priced. Is that correct? Yeah, seven. I think it was seven euro, like seven euros for a large beer, which is about a pint. Pint. So five. you know, if, if one were to throw that beer, you, you don't have to remortgage. Um, no, no, not exactly. Um, but I appreciate that 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 kind of thing isn't for everyone. It is can be very annoying. But I think it's one of those occasions where I'm going to excuse it uh, on behalf of everybody um, because, as I say, it had been a you know. It's a historic occasion. You know, we don't get to drink in the seats very well. I would say that ninety nine percent of the of the people in there had had a a pretty liquid day up until that point, um, uh, accompanied by some liquid football with the first yeah, goal. But uh, but so, well, let's add we, we we did miss out the fact that eight minutes in, our starting left back, who no one wants at left back, James Milner, unfortunately, tweaks something, um, yeah. and comes off. Billy Gilmore does come on. Yeah. We then have to switch things up because Pascal Gross ends up having to go to left back. Yeah. Um and Billy Gilmore replaces Pascal Gross as one part of that of that pivot in the 4231. Um but as we said, first 15 minutes, you felt like if anyone was going to concede, it was us. And then we are gifted that. And again, we go back to what was prior to today, 
true of this team. If we score first, statistically, we are very, very, very happy to see a game out. Um, again, why is that? I know everyone knows this, but just the way we play under De Zerbi, because we're inviting pressure on, because we're in no rush to to, to, to get out uh, and actually make stuff happen offensively, we wait to create these opportunities. When you're a goal up, the other team has to push onto you, and that's what we want, um, yeah. and that's why that works. Um, the the rest of the first half, again, we didn't we didn't do a ton. Uh, we had a couple no. of chances, but we didn't do a ton. No, we didn't, and I think we were. It wasn't through want of trying, but I think it was one of those games where they were. I mean, they were better than they were against us in the home leg. No, it's not even close. They didn't show up in Brighton. Yeah, so here. I mean, they couldn't have been any worse. So they were obviously, they had Brobby up front who was looking a lot more threatening than he did in the home leg. He was holding yeah. the ball up really well. Um, and they just generally, as you'd expect, they looked a bit more up for it. So we were in a game. Um, but I say, yeah, not not really any any massive moments of note through to through to half time. Um, and, and we get to half time, one nil up. Uh, now, was this at the end of the... I think it was the end of the... Uh, the, the start of the second, um, Captain Fantastic goes down, which... Yeah. That causes a bit of nerves at that point because we know, as we've seen today, we know what can happen when he's either not playing or he goes off injured. Yeah. A bit of a side note, he does seem to be getting a bit more injury-prone, doesn't he? He's playing a lot of football. And age is, you know, mm-hmm. all the time doesn't wait for anyone. Well, no, I mean, you also mentioned, like, let's not forget, he's, he's in the England team. He's getting minutes for England as well. Yeah, he's not he's playing breaks. He's playing a lot of football. Yeah, he is. So that, I mean, that is a concern at that point because you think who's going to come, you know, you go whoever's going to come on, be it Webster or be it Eagle. Obviously, it turned out to be Eagle. Whoever's coming on hasn't played a ton of football this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, Eagle comes on and, you know, I'm more comfortable with that because he's got more European experience. You know, played in the played in the Conference League final last year for Fiorentina, I think, against West Ham. So, you know, he's obviously got, Europe, you know, he's got experience of playing in in these kind of big European games. And as it turns out, we didn't really need to worry because he barely put a foot wrong from what I could see. I bloody love the guy. I think he's I think he's tremendous. Uh, he's really good. I'm I'm a little confused why we've seen more of a willingness for Deserpi to throw in other players into the team, uh, and, I, and I'm talking about throughout his time at Brighton. And Ciso comes in, Buenanote comes in, Adingra comes in really early, even though you've got your injuries. Um, he wasn't shy about lobbing in uh, a young Billy Gilmore. We've seen Belieber come in and, and play games, but he's been fairly gun shy with Igor. Yeah, um, and I I'm, I. Maybe, maybe this is all. He looks so good because he's been given time uh, off the pitch and and to get into the system. But I think I think he's been great every time he's played. It was it was great. Um, so yeah, nerves were nerves were kind of dispatched pretty quickly because I think fairly early he was he made a pretty good tackle pretty early into being on the pitch and just generally looked like he was going to be absolutely fine. Um, and then you know we get unusually we get a second goal almost exactly when we needed it and would have wanted one. Quite similar to the home game, really, wasn't it? Which was actually, you know, quite early into the second half. 
puncture really any hope of a any real hope of a comeback with a goal that was you know pure deserby ball really wasn't it from from start to finish yeah starts, starts in our own half centre backs distribute out to to the hood lovely little round the corner pass that just keeps the move going and you know we end up with Ansu Fati pretty much where you'd want him which was running at goal with space in front of him defenders not really knowing whether to go to him or hang off him having options left and right um and you know picking out a dingra for a really really good finish um we'd obviously had a couple of chances before that goal even I think Adingra had had one and Jao Pedro had had one in the in the minutes just before so it was kind of the culmination of a bit of pressure but you know as we've seen today we know that it doesn't always go like that when we have chance after chance after chance and pressure exerted we know that we can you know come away with nothing and then get hit on the counter attack so it was really nice to see um to see Adingra pop that in the top corner and, and yeah i was i was going to say this is that i, I want to talk through the goal like the build up to it in a little bit more detail because this was this was one deserby wants to see this is all the work on the training pitch because we're, we're out on the left side of the pitch um and the ball's going nowhere Matoma's surrounded by two people i look I, you know i think ansu fatty's drifted out to the left to give him yeah, an out um frankly fairly lucky that we don't lose the ball there because they both get hounded the ball goes back to igor he gets pressured but that's perfect that's what we want so the, the 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 attacker, whoever I don't think it was Brobby in this particular instance, is someone else who pushed forward out of position, trying to close Igor down. Igor's like, no, nope, not even that. I get the ball out to Billy Gilmore. Of course, Billy Gilmore's in space because he creates the space for himself, and he insters the ball to uh, Mo Dehoud. Dehoud pulls off a stunning pass, a really stunning pass that completely cancels out two Ajax midfielders, and then you've got you're, you're in. But it's not easy from here because you're you're driving forward with Ansu Fati. He's he's got a runner to his left, which is Mo Dehoud, who's coming in. Uh, he's obviously got Adingra far on the right. He's got Jao Pedro is closest to him, Matoma on the far left. But he's he's got three defenders behind with a fourth on the left, and then a midfielder tracking back. If you if you pause it as he cuts to the right. He does not have a good pass on. Uh, he does not have a good pass. Jao Pedro, he can't pass to. He can't pass to Modahood. It's too difficult for him to get the ball to Matoma. So what he does, he shimmies. His movement from his left foot to his right is remarkable. Please go back and watch this because four Ajax defenders bolt the other way. And then half a second after having no passing options on, Simon Adingra is standing in a field <laughs> yeah, on his on own, his own. completely <laughs> on his own. And I, I tell you, we've seen a mixed bag from Ansi Fati, right? Uh, from, from his league form. He got his first start today against, uh, you know, Sheffield United, obviously. And less we talk about that, the better. It gets uh, substituted off um, because of the red card. But on that night in Amsterdam, not only did he finish perfectly with the first, but he made this goal. Oh, 100%. Uh, completely made it. Uh, and Adingra, I thought he took one touch too many. I thought he should have hit it first time. I agreed. I'm, uh, but I'm an idiot, clearly. Uh, yeah, maybe agreed. we both are. Uh, well. And he just bolts it. Yeah. 
to strokes it into the top corner. Like, thanks, thanks for coming. Um, unbelievable. And again, if we come back, I mean, another celebration that's just like at that point, you just go, if I've written, you know, if you're writing, a, if you sit down to write a script as to how today goes, you know, you go, this is just it. Because as we've seen, you know, it's it's odd, but like a 2-0 lead compared to, you know, it's a 2-0 lead compared to a 1-0 lead. It may only be one goal more, but, it, you know, the it's, you know, the, the acres of freedom that it creates you in that moment, you just go, you know, we might actually, you know, suddenly when you tune it up, you go, you know, this isn't like a pluck, you know, when you go one nil up in any game, especially in a game like that, I don't, I don't know whether to say we were, fa- you know, arguably we probably were favourites going into it, but you know, we, okay. this is still, it's still, you've gone away to Ajax away. You know, like, as we've talked about, you know, if you take away any form, you know, when you just look at the big picture, you go, we are still playing away at Ajax and if you go one and like you go oh yeah no it's going all right you know but we still could fuck it up quite easily when you go two nil up you just think is this actually going to happen you know like- well, by the way if we go one nil up and we stay on that lead I, I, based on the everything we've seen this season we will fuck it up so yeah. <laughs> the second goal was incredibly it just goes in and you know we come back to throwing beer etc the unfortunate thing about that is it being so close to after half time, the proportion of people with very full beers. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah, that's a bad time to do it. You almost want to wait them a little bit later in the game. Yeah, and then there's an, an announcement comes over the tannoy. It probably wasn't picked up on the TV. Um, literally, an announcement comes over the tannoy after the second goal, going basically paraphrasing, but goes, Can Brighton fans please stop throwing beer? Otherwise, the bars will be permanently closed. Oh, God. (laughs) That's the Um, best threat, though, because I felt like if they'd have just said, please stop throwing beers, everyone would have thrown the beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, another one of those ones we just go, this is this is unbelievable. Um, Uh, Should we uh, touch on Simon Odinga just just quickly? Just uh, in the I know he obviously stunning the stunning run today and and goal. Superb finish here. He's been a revelation. He has. I mean, at the point I was going to, I think when you know when he came in this season, I think his obviously you know he started he scored in one of the you know scored two, scored in the first preseason game, didn't he? One of the first with that long ball. He over did. The top. He did. Yep. Got yep. a couple, didn't he? Um, I think coming into the season, he, the aim was probably that he would be more of a bit part player, who we would get some minutes. You know, who'd probably pop up here and there. He's. For me, he's not that far away from being one of the first names on the team sheet. Uh, I, I I hate to say this, but for him, it's been a blessing that Solly March, unfortunately, had has had to be out and in season um, and in CISO, mm. because this this has potentially completely changed the trajectory of his of his early careers as a twenty one year old who was basically brought in as depth. Yeah, um, for this season, who's now just scoring goals for fun and big goals as well. Big goals. Uh, he well, obviously not Sheffield United is not a big goal, but the the goal and an assist in Amsterdam, an assist against Ajax in the first game, a goal against Liverpool, um, assist against Man United. Like, I would classify those as quite big games, wouldn't you? No, I would yeah, and he's yeah. stepping up so. It was good. And then, yeah, we still, even with that two-goal lead, um, we then have Purvis coming on and going off again <laughs> fairly quickly. Um, and it was, I mean, you could see it straight away. I don't know, I didn't see that, but you could see suddenly because he was like, 
sort of limp. It looked like he'd done something to his knee, but you could tell straight away that he'd tweaked something or jarred his knee somehow because you could see immediately that he's he's in trouble here. By the um, way, it was it was um, fairly fortunate that we could take him off and they didn't score because there was a point where he just wasn't able to run and track back. No, exactly. And Ajax were there. in. Yeah. They were um, completely in. Um, but, you know, it could have, prior to that point, it could have also been three. Matoma yeah, had a really good chance down the left really running on. He, the, the ball came over. The defender wasn't able to get it out of his feet. And Matoma basically had a one-on-one -on, -one on the left-hand side. Yeah, he skied yeah. it. He skied yeah. it. Could have um, easily been. Uh, um, and then obviously yeah. we, have, we have some... Very good fortune at the other end with the ball hitting. What was that? Hitting the, I mean, we're at the far end of the. Obviously, we're at the far end of the ground from where that happened. But even then, I could still. You could still see it. You just go. That's like that ball. You see it hit the far post, and you see it roll across, and you're going. Well, this is either go like this is either going going to go in, you know, on its own from that shot, or there's going to be someone at the far post to tap it in. So then you see it roll across the line, like somehow roll literally straight across the line, which, you know, you barely ever see, and then hit the other post. And then you see almost, Vel I think it's Veltman who eventually clears it. But you can see Veltman standing there being about to go it, going basically almost surprised that the ball has ended up at his feet. No, they were shell-shocked. It was, it, was it was one of those... So what on earth has happened here? A situation where if that had occurred to me on FIFA, my my controller gets launched. Yeah, this gets drop kicked out of the it's, window. It's absolutely gone. And um, you know, it's obviously, at that, at that point, it's a bit of a double-edged thing because at that point, when that doesn't go in, everybody in the ground, like every Albion fan goes in the, in the ground goes, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, this game's going to be fine. The flip side of that is if that goal goes in, it's finishing 2-2. Two -two. Like, yes. Generally, yeah, yeah. It's a total like because it was what seventy early seventies minutes. Yeah. So there's going to be fifteen minutes left after that, and you just go if this if it's two one like there's no way it's either finishing two two or losing three two, like that is the game. Like for all the stuff we've talked about in the game, that was the game in a nutshell. That rolling yeah. on the line and not going in. It would have been such a gigantic momentum shifter, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really uh, was. The home crowd would have got G'd up. Yeah, they've been building up a bit of a head of steam for a few minutes before that as well. Um, made a few changes themselves. But yeah, when that didn't go in, there's this collective sigh of relief when everyone just goes, do you know what? It's going to be It's going to be absolutely fine. But it was a bit of, having said that, hindsight obviously is a gift, but it was a bit of a batten down the hatches last 20 it was. minutes. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I mean, they'd they started to build up a head of steam and you just think, you know, a team, it was also good because you go, a team that's obviously clearly very low on confidence still. You know, even with a couple, you know, they come into this game with a couple of wins, albeit against lesser, you know, lesser opposition. But still a team very much lacking in confidence and very young. I mean, even younger than we are. Well, their average, they're average, their average age, age, what, 21 point something? It was 22.3 and ours was 27.1 on, so on Thursday night. So it's still, you know, really super young team. So you think, from that point of view, when that doesn't go in, you can see their confidence. You know, to an extent, they must just going, you know, what do we have? You know, like, it's not going to happen. What do we have yeah. to do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you say it was a pretty much kind of batten down the hatches. And it's one of those ones where, you know, they had big screens at both ends of the ground and you're sort of count, you know, you're sort of watching it count down and you go, 
in your head you're working out you're going okay at what point do i reasonably think that we're not going to concede two <laughs> do you know that, and, I, and i bet you're also like worried about the stoppage time yeah time and i think we got the, yeah. four I think four, four came cool. up, I think, which was very generous, I think, considering the number of subs and a goal um, and all of that. But, yeah, so you're looking up going, gets, you know, it ticks around to kind of 86, 87 minutes and you go, OK, you go even peak Albion. You go, we might, you know, we might give away one at this point. But I think yeah. that, you know, like at that point, like it's that thing where you go, if someone offers me 2-1 at this point, you know, like you're... You, you take it. You're taking it so that was it it got you're kind of watching you go right 80 set you know 86 87 88 minutes you're going okay i think we'll be fine um and you know the final whistle blows and i have genuinely never seen as many grown men in tears as i did at the final whistle really spontaneous in tears and it's you know, more, I saw a few people crying after the Wigan game, Premier League promotion game. Not, you know, this is like, you know, I don't know what it is. It, it's the, you know, obviously it's a very long day. Everyone's been on the beer for a very long time. And it, I don't know if it's a culmination of everything, but, you know, there was this, this moment, you know, there's kind of maybe 30 seconds or a minute where no one's really going that, like, just, people just kind of standing around going have we just rolled over Ajax in Amsterdam without really breaking that much of a sweat I know we've talked about the last 20 minutes was a bit batting down the hatches but let's be honest they were very very unlike like as much we've joked about you know the game was in that ball rolling across the line like on the balance of the game like they're not getting back into that like it was a couple yeah talk about it as if you would summarize it you'd go that it's a comfortable win right even on you know the balance of all of that you go we've just come up we've just come to amsterdam and we've essentially taken the piss on the pitch and off the pitch in the town in the city you know we've and i think i say it's those but you know i hate getting to the point you know you're talking about you know, we've talked about you know where Albion have come from recent history, but you go when you've traped around the country and you've watched Brighton lose in you know some of the worst towns and cities in England on a regular basis in the lower divisions, and you come to Amsterdam and you see all the same people that you've seen for those 15, 20 years, whether it's in Carlisle, Doncaster, Walsall, Notts County, Colchester, Plymouth, you know, anywhere you want to choose around the country, you see the same people there. And you've had an amazing day in the bars, in like in one of the best cities in Europe, you know, to go for a day or a night out. At that point, you go, you get to the game, you go, whatever happens in the game, you know, we've already had a brilliant, you know, whatever happens today, it's been a historic occasion. And you then have the 90 minutes itself where we score two unbelievable goals, fully deserve a win. And you just go, it's so rare that you have a day following the Albion where every single aspect goes well. Like, either it's Marseille, where it's a bit of a shit show before the game, and then yeah. you have a great game. Or it's like the reverse, where, you know, it's the classic, you know, you have a great day sport by 90 minutes of football. It's very rare, in my experience, following the Albion, that you have a day where everything goes 
you know. So, but you just go, I think it was, if, you know, 15 years ago today, we played Swindon in the Johnson's Paint Trophy, Southern Area Quarter Final. And 15 years ago on Tuesday coming, we lost 3 1 at Carlisle to go 19th in League One. So when you look at it, you go forward 15 years and we're in, you know, one of the most iconic stadiums in Europe against an institution like Ajax. And we've just rolled them over for the second time in two weeks. So it's it's more of a surprise that not everybody was in tears. And that's but that's the that's the beauty of this story. If you want to call it a story um, of, a, of an existential crisis and, and a culmination of years of then going in a positive direction and doing it in the right way. Mm. And and this is going to be something that fans of bigger clubs that have never had to worry about going out of business, if you want to call it that, um, and clubs that have had tons of success just can't have that same feeling. Like you could, Fans of... Chelsea, you know, go and win a big game in Europe. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, wonderful. Even if they win the bloody Champions League, it's just, oh my God, fantastic, great. But the emotion is almost devoid. It's almost unearned, uh, if it's fair to say that, because it's not been this gigantic struggle. They've been bankrolled by what is now, we can all clearly say, dirty money. Um and Brighton have not had that. Brighton's the Brighton story is one of massive, massive positive growth in the right way. And you've had all those fans there that have been fans for years. I think it's just one of those things where you probably all collectively realized, holy shit, we've made it. I know, and that's what I mean. I think if this, you know, if this turns out to be as good as it ever gets. You know, in terms of our lifetime, you know, following the album, you go, I'm fine with that. This is the that one you'll talk way. about in 20 years, right? Yeah, 100%. Like I say, if I was to write a script for how that day would have gone, I probably would have taken out the rain, and that's about it. <laughs> and, <laughs> really like... and a couple of injuries. Yeah. 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 And then you go after the game. Um, oh, you know, we got, we got held in for 45 minutes because of the beer chucking which is a bit annoying. Oh, a little but, slap on the wrist. But yeah, basically, okay. yeah. But the, I mean, the, the good result of that, the net result of that was that the metros were much emptier because obviously all the Ajax fans have gone. So, you now, know. Well, what ha- what was the vibe like? So you've had a long day. You woke up, at, you'd barely slept. And You're at 3 a.m. taxi to yeah. the airport. You've had 400 beers. Yeah. Um, we've just had arguably the, one of the best moments in your life. Um, yeah. Thousands of people that have just had the best moment of their life. Yeah. Uh, and then you're tossed out to the streets of Amsterdam in an evening. Yeah. What does that everyone, look like? Everyone enters into every bar conceivable. Um, and we ended up in an Irish bar um, called, well, I don't know what it was called. I can't even remember. Of course you end up in an Irish bar. Um, yeah, yeah. Up in an Irish bar so, and it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, initially we turned up and um, it was quite funny. It was, a, the, they had a bounce on the door and the bounce was like, yeah, I'm not letting football groups in tonight. And we went, mm, okay, um, that might be an error because that's probably going to prove to be basically everybody who's out in Amsterdam tonight. You know, your, your bar's going to be empty pretty much. So we kind of hung around outside just being like, look, 
we're not you know we just want to go in have something to drink you know we're not going to cause some problems and, when, uh, and I think at some point we wait for about five minutes and I think the manager obviously kept, probably realized the situation and went we're gonna have no custom tonight yeah unless we let these people in um and yeah it was absolute absolute bedlam um he was like no fine he was like just come in but I was like you've just got to like basically you know no no singing etc etc everyone wanders in and within about 30 seconds someone starts singing the Ansu Fati song and then literally on their own the whole place just starts to go um about an hour later like the barman is standing on the bar singing like Sweet Caroline or something tremendous yeah like it's just not you know like it just they they pretty much realized that we were having the best day of our lives and like no one's going to cause any trouble like yeah. literally everyone's just going to drink as much as humanly possible and just have a good time. Um, so we stayed there for a while and it was, it was really surreal. Like, you know, the center of Amsterdam, it's, it's not massive, you know, when you mm. drink right, kind of like there, like a lot of bars are together. And it was almost like every bar you wandered out of, you'd be like, where are we going to go next? And then you'd literally stand and you'd stop and you'd listen and you'd, it would be about 50 meters away. You couldn't see the bar, but you'd just start, you'd start hearing we've got super Rob Deserby. And it'd be like, right, we're going that way. So you sort of navigated. It was, it was like a G- GPS, but uh, just purely by Deserby chart. Yeah. Pretty much. And it was like, wherever you ended up, um, and I say it was still pretty. I mean, the game finishes at like, what, nine o'clock? Um, so we're back into Amsterdam, like the city centre for like, yeah, maybe 10 o'clock. So there's still like, you know, there's other people that haven't been to the. Man, this is Amsterdam. It doesn't cl- It doesn't just yeah, shut down at eleven. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just even on a Thursday night, it was just like you just kept hearing like everywhere you went. Um, it was it was just bananas. Uh, we went. We ended up in uh, Am- what is Amsterdam's oldest bar, and it's got enough room for about twelve people. It was literally our group went in there, and it was, that was it. And it's been owned by the same family since 1798. It's the Christ. seventh generation running it. So we stayed there for a while, but obviously, you know, it's a good place to go, but atmosphere-wise, um, not quite as amazing. Um, and it got to about, I'm going to say about 2, 2.30, something like that. And I was like, right, I'm, I'm done. Like, I've been up for about 48 hours. Like, I had my first beer like 22 hours ago. Like, oh, I'm my. legitimately like, I've got nothing else left to get at this point. Um, so I wandered back. Um, I wandered back towards my hotel, which is kind of near the central station. And you kind of walk the quickest way back was kind of through the through the middle of the red light district. And you walk when the middle of that, you've got there's like a really sh- like, of course the quickest way back, I believe. Yeah, 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 I had to. I had to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. shortcut. Yeah, would have been foolish not through. to. And um, you've got like a really kind of thin canal like that runs through the middle of that. And I was literally walking back, and again, this is like two there, like. 2.30 and again all I heard it was like you sort of kind of navigate where we are and you just heard like have you ever seen the palace in the dam I'm like there can't be loads of people still left surely like just wandered down the street and like literally both sides of the canal are like rammed the Brighton fans on each side of the canal like half past like it's just it was I've never seen anything quite like it and, and you might never again and that's okay no, as that, you say. That's, that's absolutely fine. okay yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it. That's what it makes just, it a, the, um, a fantastic memory. It's mad. Um, and then, you know, went to bed, you know, woke up the next morning, you just go, you wake up and you just think for a nanosecond, you go, 
did that really like where like where you know that first morning you wake up you go where am i like did that was that really was that really a thing that's um, how i feel waking up tomorrow i think about the sheffield united game as well but no, it was you know it was one of those it was one of those really like very rare per, like perfect days and we had a kid like next to us in in the ground there was a dad and his and his kid who was probably i don't know 12 13 14 maybe something like that um and i was kind of talking to his dad and i was like this is this is so great you know that like for your for your son to be here is like amazing like it'll be something you'll never forget but like it's like what we talked about a few minutes ago it's like he hasn't got the context behind it right you know what i mean like he hasn't seen obviously he can't you know i'm not the fact that he wasn't how dare he not be how dare he not be born no that's unbelievable I was like, you know, the only, I was like, it's really interesting for him that like his perception of this will be so much more different because it's like, as far as he's, con- you know, this is like, for him, this is almost like the natural pinnacle of yeah. like, where we've been going. Like everything's been leading towards this, but for every, you know, like, lots of other generations, you just go, you know, even, you know, you go back, like you even go back three years, two years, even maybe two years. And you go, right, you know, fast forward two years and you're going to go six and a half thousand Brighton fans are going to go to Amsterdam, absolutely take the piss for an entire day. And then you're going to batter Ajax in the Amsterdam arena. And then you're going to go out again and you're going to take the absolute piss in Amsterdam. And people would have just laughed at you. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely would. Just mental. And I say, Uh, you know, my come back to the fact that, you know, the... 99.9% 99.9% of Brighton fans that went out there just had the time of their life. And that's and rare, as in that's rare because the like, reason why they didn't want to let you in that bar is because they've had a ton of other dickheads that have come from other teams and caused problems. Bit, yeah. And, you know, we say literally everywhere you went, it was just, you know, you just people bumping into each other going, what is like, just what, what is happening? What is going on? Um, which is really say it's just you know hats off to everyone who went because you know everyone just created an atmosphere that was... I'm, I'm deeply saddened not to have been there i think josh is probably furious um but yeah. also happy for everyone that was there and 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 the hope being is that we have we have many more of these more. we have more of these in in the future but, um, i mean i'd say coming back to you know the actual what that does in terms of the table you know yeah basically, you know a draw a draw away at ajax and a win at home to marseille will see us top the group on because uh, we've got out, we've got ajax so uh, athens so a draw athens. athens away and then a win at home to marseille will see us top the group on head to head but where so what do we have to do to at least advance in the competition. So I guess what I'm saying there, if we want to come second, we still need a result. We need a result in one of the last two if we want to come second. If we want to top the group, drawing in Athens and beating Marseille, we'll do it on head-to-head. Yeah, because we're... Where are we at right now? We're two behind Marseille. Aren't we or one behind Marseille? No, one point. They're on eight. We're on seven. So if even if they win their next game, they would go four ahead of us. A point in Athens would take us three behind them. And therefore, if we then beat them in the final game, we'd be level on points with them, but we'd go through on head-to-head. 
that game in Athens is going to be big. a big boy. I mean, with you, you're running. We're running off into the sunset now. If I offered a point, like I'm running, like I'm, no, absolutely. Like just it's, and then you come down to go. Okay, you know, beat beat Marseille at home to top the group and skip a knockout round straight to the last sixteen. Yeah, that would be fairly pleasant. That would be it? right, wouldn't it? But no, I mean, it's still you know. The fact that we have not, you know, we've gone into these European games, you know, after the after the kind of the worry of the first one, where you just go, oh fuck, it's how you know. It's not happy. just that. It's not <laughs> just that. It was it, after Athens and Marseille. We're sat there on one point. Yeah, I think we were all thinking, yeah, just going, please, please don't, please don't yeah, do this. Yeah, this is our one shot at it, and um, you know, to then get back to back wins, and as you say, back to back clean sheets. Um, is you know, is remarkable. It is really remarkable, and you well, know, it's one of the things I've you know I've already had arguments with people about this today, which is you know I am. There is no way on earth that I'm swapping a win today for not winning on Thursday night. Just gone. Like I'm prepared to fight anyone and everyone in the comments section on whatever site you want to be on. Like there's not there is not a scenario on earth where I consider that. A reasonable swap. I'm just not entertaining it. I'm not. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you that question at the end of the season. I'll see if you change. Um, depending on where how things net out and how many points. Like if we like, let's say we let's say we miss out on Europe by two points, right? Yeah. I'm still not swapping a win today for not winning on Thursday night. I think, yeah, I honestly think probably your the answer is going to be different for the people that were at the game, yeah, as opposed to the ones that aren't, and that's that's all that's all the difference right that's there. How it comes, but I think it comes yeah. down to you just go. I don't think it's difficult because you think, you know, there are you still think there are teams. You know, Chelsea had a you know Chelsea are still relatively rubbish. You know, but at some point they're going to get their act together. Yeah, they'll probably you know, get their act together around third of December. But, uh, but like yeah. you know, in general, like over the next few years, like it's going to be difficult for us to consistently qualify for Europe. Yes, right. Like it's probably not something that's going to happen. I'm not saying it's never going to happen again, but I don't think it's going to be something that's going to regularly happen. So if you look at the bounds of that, you just go. When the draw was made for this, if you'd have asked every Albion fan, give me one city that you want to go to on a European away day i reckon a vast number of people would have gone amsterdam for ease of getting to big you know like his all the history that we've yeah played. no and the fact it's even better the fact they're crap at the moment as well yeah, so it I mean, was like you get six points off them that's like yeah. a that's the cherry on top <laughs> um but you know if people went right you know where where do you want to go i think if you looked at your ideal group everyone would have gone i want one big historic European club, whether that be Ajax, Marseille, you know, a big Italian team, a big German team, whatever it would be. Someone would go, I want kind of an iconic European club. And then I want maybe a couple of winnable, you know, smaller winnable clubs in there. You know, we're very lucky that we got, you know, Ajax and we got Marseille, you know, we got a couple of big. big you didn't clubs. want to head to Azerbaijan? I would have been keen, but it's an eight hour flight. Um, it's actually meant to be quite a fun city, but yeah. yeah um, but yeah, no, I think so. I just think in general, it's one of those ones where you go Amsterdam, you know, it's almost the perfect 
You know, it's almost the perfect, it's the perfect outcome. It is. And to then go there and actually back it all up on the pitch, it's so rare. I just said that, but it, like to have a day following the Albion where what happens off the pitch is then backed up by what happens on the pitch, it's so rare. It's a rarity. Well, I, I think I, I have a feeling you're going to be telling your kids about this in about 20 plus years and, and probably every, so. every Sunday, I would imagine. Let's, yeah. um, let's, let's, let's tie a bow on things. I, I, yeah. you, I know that we're going to, you, uh, no, no surprises when we do an end of season wrap up, what your favorite moment was. I think it's already yeah. in the book at this point. Um, we have got mm-hmm. the international break. Yeah. Uh, we do not play again uh, until the 25th. So that's yeah. th- 13 days away to forest interesting uh, that's not fun um no forest have only they've got really they've turned it into a bit of a fortress haven't they they have lost one game at home this season one game only got, that was burnley we got battered there just after the fa cup semi-final didn't we last season similar scenario to what we've just seen actually which is where we were absolutely knackered after playing 120 minutes and penalties against man united um, so, I mean, it's a better scenario, you know, 13 days time, you know, potentially we've got Lamptey back, potentially Purvis is back, Dunks hopefully back, Ferguson will be back. Oh, by the way, let's not forget one positive from today, Jakob Moda on the bench. Jakob Moda on the bench. So I think it's a, the international break has come at a nice time. And look, look you know, we're still, despite actually not being very good in the league for the last couple of months we are still eighth in the premier league and we are doing very well in europe despite having a shit ton of injuries yeah it's um it's not it's, it's not all, horrendous and i think this, I was reading, this, got one, lit, that's okay one, right yeah we're one point better off compared to where we were last season at this point it was nice that newcastle were newcastle have been suffering from the same situation as us yeah injuries european football um and lo and behold They've had some shocking results and are only a point ahead of us uh, yeah. right now. Uh, so it's it's not to be it's not to be sniffed at this idea that European football can cause your league form to um, to suffer. That's not just made up. That is a thing. So yeah, we got Forest when we come back, and we've got that all important game in Ajax. So it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be a questionable time. I'm hoping yeah, Dunk comes back fully fit uh, just to tie a, a final bow on on that thing we brought up earlier. Uh, Lewis Dunk has played the most minutes of any Brighton player this season. He's played 990 minutes. That includes the fact that he did not play today. Um, wow. So it, he is, it is his first, Matoma is second, and then Pascal Gross, and then it falls off a cliff. So Pascal Gross played 890 minutes, and, the, and then fourth is Veltman on 685, which is, was surprising to me. That is surprising. Um, I just, yeah. It's because Deserby chips and change so much and the, and the only other presence of a Dunk, Matoma and Gross. Yeah, because um, normally, if you look at mo- most other teams, it would be the goalkeeper, right? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> for us, that's certainly no. certainly not the case. So, all right, oh, well. um, this was a fun one. This was this is a little diff- different. We kind of talked about actual you know, game we and football really for four sensi- minutes. We were really sensible. Ooh, too like, sensible. This is one of this, you know, I think we're not getting cancelled. We're not getting oh. cancelled. We'll say uh, this was this was more like an away days interview than a, it was an away a... day little vlog. But you know, I think yeah. um, you know, I don't think I think even if Josh was here, I don't think we'd have dwelt on today's game for much longer. We still talked about the big, the big talking points of it. So and that was a fun one. 
and I hope it didn't bore. And I, yeah, it's I don't think anyone's thing. going to be bored about that, but especially the people I wasn't there, so I enjoyed living semi vicariously through yeah, you. Yeah, um, but it is so one that's... of those. It is, I'm not doing. I'm not doing Athens, so we won't have the same. Won't be able to go as in depth for Athens, unfortunately. Well, hopefully, but... we'll just get to comfortably watch a three nil victory on TV. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, thank you, everyone. Um, we appreciate you listening. As always, we'll see you in a couple of weeks after Forest. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. Have a nice couple of weeks. Chisel. Thanks. Bye.